Welcome to the Checkmates Go podcast. Join your favorite Checkpoint expert, Phone Boy, and his guests as they cover a range of cybersecurity topics to help you secure your everything. Be sure to subscribe and share, and don't forget to rate and review us. And now, here's Phone Boy. And welcome to Season 4, Episode 9. I'm going to have my guest introduce himself in just a moment. We're going to start a series on the things that organizations can do to protect their business data. After the introductions, we'll talk about, well, what is business data and what do hackers want to do with it? My name is Mazhar Hamayu. I'm the SE with Checkpoint. I worked in Checkpoint for the past four years, and I'm also part of Office of Chief Technology Officer, Cyber Evangelist team. I came from an engineering and operations background. I used to run the security operations center at DC Golf and a long-time Checkpoint customer before joining Checkpoint. Securing business data, I think, is, you know, actually securing our own data is probably, you know, is something that everybody's concerned with. So what do you see as the challenges in actually doing that? So the most common challenge is what we see, like there are different things what people are trying to make, think secure security is just like installing antivirus or putting a firewall on the edge on your data center or your office and think you are secure. That mindset uh, need to be changed. Yeah, it's it's not just a, you're not just buying a product, right? It's a, it's a process. Yes, as much you as have to else. build the process. You need to train your workforce. You need to adopt those changes in your day to day business operations. Yeah, and I think that it's. But I think it, as I talked with Eddie Doyle about this, uh, there, there's it, it's it's a bit challenging to I don't know convince people that they need to do these things, right? So it's a, it's a, you know, trying to build a culture. It's kind of, a, it's, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a challenge because the, the, because of the approaches that get used, to, you know, to, to try and relay what, you know, the information and that kind of thing as to what they need to do. So it definitely requires some changes there. We, you know, we also tend to look at it as a business problem, right? The, 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 it, it's a, when really I would, and, and I would make the argument and, and I think it, all, it also helps people to, to do the right thing in a business context, but ultimately this is something that is, um, is a, you know, it's, it's ultimately a personal issue, right? Because, because think of all the, think of all the data that we leave everywhere, right? With all the different apps that we use and all the different things that we use. Blindly trust on those uh, ap- application providers and we put our pictures we put our information, either right or wrong. We leave lots of information online, part of these applications, random applications. Yeah, exactly. Where do you see business data getting compromised? In what context? And you know, so people can watch out. Where we see people um, mainly like when they're trying to utilize social media, they're trying to utilize unsecured computer for the email, or they try to join a free Wi-Fi when they're traveling to hotels, airports, public parks, and they think it's a free Wi-Fi, it's secure, but it's not really secure. You need to know who's the host and how they are securing that particular Wi-Fi network. Or if you are installing an application on your mobile phone because it's a uh, meeting app or a chat application for your kids or somebody else, how do you know if it is not taking access to your photos, your contacts, your calendar, or it's trying to record your audio, video information or your location, and it's sent to someone else uh, who can further utilize that to build a phishing campaign against you or try to see how to get hold of your personal data, your information. 
for the sake of the uh, malicious activities. I think there's a lack of transparency in these applications. What data are they collecting? Where are they sending it to? Um, and where's it going? And then, so when you, you know, when you visit, uh, you know, yeah, when you download an app and it has access to all that, you know, all those permissions and stuff that you, that, that you're prompted to give an application. Well, what is it, what data is it actually collecting? What data is it actually going to, you know, send to somebody else? And, it, you know, and that could just be for, you know, above board stuff. Let's, you know, we talk about the underhanded uh, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, that's, I think there's more to that. There, there are cases reported where like uh, uh, different organizations were breached, where like uh, in one particular case, a company CIA, CIO received a email with a picture attachment from his kid's soccer game. And that picture was uh, infected with a malware, which basically steal all the passwords, credentials from that particular phone and uh, gain uh, attackers were able to gain access to the calendar and they will they were able to know like uh, when and where, where that particular person is meeting and then based on that they were able to craft a practical phishing attack and phishing campaign and they were able to uh, steal a couple of hundred thousand from that organization it was a known case yeah once the information's out there it's that that's you know when you start dealing with um you know, even if you were, if you were to like, I don't know, let's just go through your credit or something, right? Things stick around for a while, right? The, the information that you think is, you know, it, it's kind of funny because there's, you know, there's all these different places that, yeah, that collect all this data from all these different places, and it, and it kind of just, yeah, you, know, you have no control, you have no sovereignty over your own data, right? It's, that's, it's like, okay, well, the fact that all these different companies that I've ever signed up for have like a name and an email address is not, not a big deal, but as somebody who's, who's had to massively change their lives because of the person personal circumstances. Um, yeah, you just you just realize how many places have certain pieces of information. And I mean, just yesterday, I, I went I went on to my uh, the, the, my high school's alumni site, right? To, to because I, I'd, I'd seen that I needed to that they they're using some new system to to tell us about what's going on at the school or whatever. And uh, and 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 yeah, and I looked at the data that they had, and I'm going, all that data is completely wrong. You know that that yeah. How do well? First of all, like who has the data? Where does it need to be updated? Right? And yeah, because I've had to literally go through, um, you know, pretty much everything in my life and have to, you know, just update my data. Right. Right. When I, for all these different companies that I deal with, I have to go put, I have to go put my information somewhere and, you know, and I'll, you know, things like even things like credit cards, things, you know, things, you know, things like, things like your, your address. We do online shopping. We do online education. We do online travel booking, travel arrangements, food orders, and every single place we are leaving our trail behind. We are leaving our phone number, our credit card information, in certain cases, our personal information and address as well. In most cases, we just blindly trust that the mom and pop shop or burger shop with one branch will be able to take care of all our information securely. Yeah, and I think that that is something that is we all got to deal with, right? All those different parties that have that information, if any of them are breached and the data is out there, right? You know, that's that's where if you if you get those you, you get the have I been owned email a reminder that yeah, you've dropped all these digital droppings everywhere. You know, you got to realize where you're putting your data and it's not just not just business data, right? It's the problem yeah. with the business is of course there's more there, there's a little bit more going on there. It's a lot more responsibility on businesses as well and of our day. Yeah, exactly. You know, one of the things you mentioned in this, in 
in the article is the common ways that stuff you talked about. Yeah, I could get a picture from somebody, which you think is completely innocuous, but unfortunately, you know, the, if, if you, if you carefully craft an image, it, first of all, it can have other data in it that you don't expect, right? Let's, let's talk about the fact that, you know, anytime we take a picture with our cell phone, there's data about where that photo was taken stored somewhere. Yeah. Location services, basically tagging it. Yeah, and then you're sharing that on social media publicly, right? Of course, you know, if you're sharing stuff on Facebook, then, you know, even even if it's to a private group, just realize it's public anyway. So, and obviously those are things that, you know, so that kind of vector, you know, can can do a couple things. It's, you know, it's effectively unpatched vulnerabilities, right? Cuz cuz usually once those things get discovered, they get they get addressed. Privilege escalation is obviously another thing, right? And this is a common thing in the sense of in order to gain access to some of those the information, you have to gain uh, additional permissions that you might not be able to get. So where have you seen privilege escalation being a, um, you know, a, 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 an attack vector that's, that's, that's resulted in, in uh, data compromise? So ran- ransomware is a very common attack where it all begins with a drop-by malware or a phishing attack and where like the malware trying to take the privilege escalation or trying to get hold of the admin credentials on that particular machine or system and try to change the file or folder properties and try to see what else is present on that particular system and if it can offload something laterally or outside your network from that particular computer so that's one core example it's not it's not a new variant but it started almost 10 years ago it's hard to believe that we are in 2022 and first time these things start emerging with the slip bot back in 2014 time frame. And of course, these things continue to happen. It's continuously evolving. And that's the thing you got to realize is that, yeah, we talk, you know, when we, you know, obviously, you know, we want to do, we want to prevent uh, these things from happening. Largely security controls, right? Whatever, whatever security controls you are. I mean, they're largely reactive in a sense, right? It's because they, you know, if you don't have a security control in place and you, and you've put one in after the, you know, after the, the horse escaped the barn, then, you know, okay, well, that's great. You've prevented future attacks, but you didn't stop the first one. And, and one thing I saw off and on during my days uh, in industry that most small organizations or mid-sized organizations think that uh, they have a firewall and they have a endpoint security or the authentication, they control everything, but they enable the logging, but they forget the biggest thing that they need to monitor those logs as well. Oh yeah. You are receiving billions of uh, millions and millions of logs on everyday basis. And if you don't have an effective mechanism of looking into those logs or trying to create a correlation data, then you're basically playing in a blind field. I think I heard a, a former Checkpoint colleague refer to a sim as a place where good logs go to die. Um, and, and, and it's kind of that idea, right? Is that, yeah, you can collect, you know, we've got all these great tools that can generate logs and collect them, right? And, and if you're looking at the logs, right, whatever you're finding has already happened. <laughs> so yeah. uh, it's already happened. And, and yeah, so you, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're relying on the security controls to, to, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, rely on the security controls to do things, but at the same time, it's not enough, right? Because the security controls, you know, as much as we talk about in the infinity, you know, the architecture, right. That you put, you put protection everywhere, right. To secure your everything. We know in, in reality, right. Most customers, most people, they they have security you know they most organizations have security controls in certain places either on their endpoint in the network um or they may you know maybe some places in the cloud too but are they can you know first of all 
is that really the case, right? Have you, have you, do you have something to count, to, to, to encounter every vector? You probably don't, right? Um, there's, and there's, and there's reasons for that, right? You could just because, just because a control exists doesn't mean you necessarily need it, right? Because it's, because there's always a risk-based discussion with any of this stuff. Because you can, because an organization can say, yeah, I know I need this and, uh, you know, that this is important, but at the same time, the cost of implementing it is, is, you know, what, whatever, however you define cost, it might, it might be too high. And so as a result, you end up in this, um, you know that you end up in the situation where you, yeah, you just you decide not to put a control there because it, and you accept the risk. You know, the, it, we sometimes forget that, right? Sometimes that, that we, you know, and some people take those, you know, or knowingly take those risks, and some people don't know that they're taking those risks. And you know, and 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 the fact that security controls alone in some of these situations aren't enough because, you know, how can you expect to if you don't have some sort of, uh, you, you know, if you're surfing to a um, you know, a random website on a random computer. How do you, how do you know what, uh, you know, what's on the other end of that? How do you know what's, uh, you know, how, how do you know that uh, you're not downloading malicious code and that kind of thing, right? It's, it's, a, there's a, um, yeah, there's certain things you can do behavior wise, I think that, that, you know, to be, you know, be skeptical or whatever, but at the same time, it's, uh, the reality is so much of our lives, especially like over the last few years with, uh, you know, with everything that's gone on that we've, uh, we've, we have leaned into these systems a bit more. So now we're able Able to do things, uh, you know, that we used to do in person. We used to do, you know, there's more things we do online now. Well, that, you know, that opens up. Uh, that's another vector, right? That's we have to we have to be concerned about, and we can't always we, we can't always assume that the remote end has protection, you know, for for this kind of stuff. There, there are a few things for that I can add. When it comes to most common understanding for most people, uh, is they assume that. A file can be downloaded on a computer only when they hit download button. They don't understand when they are trying to open a website or trying to play a video or trying to surf a social media. There are some files which can be downloaded or scripts can be downloaded on your computer to execute a particular video stream or certain other things as well. And the second aspect for the risk, as you mentioned, I have seen this. And it should be adopted where like IT people should not be responsible to taking the ownership of the risk. The risk should always be tied to the business people because end of the day, they are the one who can actually decide how much a breach can cost us or how much the cost will be to implementing a security solution. You have to do that analysis, right? The and businesses have... Uh, you know, again, some mature organizations, yeah, they make that they they will make risk based decisions and say, okay, this is a you know, and and sometimes it's not clear what that risk decision is, right? And so that there's yeah. a whole, there's a whole issue of communication, right? It's like, okay, you got your cybersecurity guys on your and gals on your team who are saying, hey, we need these controls, right? They may not understand that the business kind of goes, yeah, we don't, we're, you know, we're taking a risk to not have those controls. We've made a conscious decision to say, and, and, but that is that ever communicated? Not, you know, not always, right? There are other mitigations that you do, right? They're behavioral mitigation. And, and a, fr a phrase I often use, right, is if it's if it's not digitized, right? If the data is not digitized, then it's a little bit it's a little bit easier to um, to keep it safe because you you've completely eliminated that whole sort of digital uh, not not footprint, but uh, you know the, the attack surface, right? If it's if you know, you know if I'm handing somebody a physical you know physical copy of my driver's license, for example, right? Yeah, 
that could of course be scanned in or whatever, but you know, the odds are that that, that's, you know, that's not going to happen, right? I mean, it could happen and you you still don't want to be giving your driver's license out to random people. But at the same time, if you're not, if it's not digitized, then there's no, you know, there's no digital um, compromise. Although, you know, again, without all the data being stored everywhere, right? Anything that you provide to, you know, to anybody in any mechanism, yeah, it could potentially be digitized, but, but there's a there's another step, right? It's not digitized on its on to begin with, right? Like, unlike your social media posts and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's so, and that's, you know, that's why I told my kids, right. Is this, if they, you know, um, you know, your best, your, your best defense is never to digitize it. Right. It's a, in terms of, especially in, you know, you, t- you start talking about like pictures of personal behavior and that kind of thing. Right. It's like, yeah, if you, if you don't, if you don't take pictures, then there's nothing to share. In, in my, in my, in one case, my nine, nine year old daughter told me that uh, in their third grade class, one teacher told them, okay, you want to use something, use it, but use that uh, one particular app like uh, which can create filters for your picture. They're like you're not actually showing your real picture. You are editing a picture and then you are uploading there. So at least they are spreading some awareness to the kids and uh, people that how to be careful about uh, putting certain things out on the internet. Yeah. But it's a continuous journey. It doesn't end on one step. Now you're not buying a product to secure. You're not buying a. You know, you're not buying this stuff to to you know, to do it. I mean, you know, just because you want to, it's because it serves a purpose, right? Yeah. Uh, and. I use the phrase "everyone's a target." I used, I had a slide in one of my presentations where I had you know basically a bunch of bunch of pictures of of um, you know of the of those little target practice uh, things when you're when you when you're when you're out the gun range and you want to and you want to practice shooting somebody right it's it's that you have the little the, the little uh, silhouettes that you that you shoot on right well you put a bunch of those up yeah literally yeah we're all ultimately because we all use you know well even if we don't use digital stuff our stuff is digitized right and that's and that yeah. so so. Even if you try not to be a target, well, everybody everybody kind of is, right? It's just a matter of when if somebody is really looking into your data or uh, not. Yeah. But your data is out there already. Yeah, and and even if you're not explicitly targeted, and, you know, we, when we talk about targeting like a CEO or something to to gain information, right? That's part of a larger campaign. I mean. Yeah. You know, they're, if they're if if you're if you're targeted by somebody, yeah. I mean, there's there, there's things you can do, but uh, to minimize your risk. But ultimately, yeah, the, the, it's if, if you're being explicitly targeted, things are going to happen more. It's kind of like when the when spam gets sent to your to your mailbox, right? The, the um, you know, they, all they have to do is have like you know one percent or something, you know, answer the the mail, and it, and it makes and it makes sense. But ultimately, they're they're spamming to see who will respond, right? And that's who they're, you know, that that's who they're. Tar- they're not targeting anyone specifically. They're just targeting the, uh, you know, they're trying to figure out who they're going to get, right? So it's a big, it's a fishing expedition, right? I mean, it's, there's a reason we use the term phishing, right? P H I S I N G. It's because ultimately they're trying to get information that that you know, it, phishing is just social engineering ultimately, right? It's it's a, it's a similar kind of thing. Let's just look at why people do it, right? You, you you mentioned they're trying to get information about a company to maybe extort more money out of them. We've had we've seen examples of that. It can be an activism campaign or a political campaign uh, where a smaller country or a smaller group uh, is trying to make a statement or trying to make an impact or trying to harm some individual or individual organization. So there are certain cases where, like, just for the sake of activism somebody created a DDoS attack. Like we have seen those uh, during 
2020 uh, presidential elections where like candidate sites were hammered by DDoS. That was all classified as an activism. I mean, there's lots of reasons that, you know, again, there's there's kind of the, you know, the random stuff that it's like we're trying to see who we get. And then, you know, then there's the targeted attacks. Right. And usually it's about money or information, but it's almost always about money. Right. That's really what it comes down to. They're getting information to extract more money out of you. I I know I remember one of our previous product managers had said uh, had made a comment as it's 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 always about money. Right. It's ultimately why cyber attacks occur. Financial gain. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Checkmates Go. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app, leave us a rating and review, and share with your colleagues on social media. And we'll see you next time.